Hi guys, as promised, I'll be reading chapter 4 of the Sea of Monsters. So let's get this chapter started. Chapter 4, Tyson Plays with Fire Mythologically speaking, if there's anything I hate worse than trios of old ladies, it's bulls. Last summer, I fought the Minotaur on top of Camp Haplet Hill. This time, what I saw up there was even worse. Two bulls, and not just regular bulls, bronze ones the size of elephants. And even that wasn't bad enough. Natalie, they had to breed fire too? As soon as we exited the taxi, the Gray Sisters peeled out, heading back to New York, where life was safer. They didn't even wait for their extra tree jockmuck payment. They just left us on one side and the road. Annabeth with nothing but her backpack and knife. Tyson and me still in our burned-up tie-dye gym clothes. Oh, man, said Annabeth, looking at bow raging up the hill. What worried me most weren't the bulls themselves, or the ten heroes in full battle armor who were getting their bronze-plated booties swooped. What worried me, that's that the bulls were raging all over the hill, even around the backside of the pine tree. That shouldn't be possible. The camp's magic boundaries didn't allow monsters to cross past Talia's tree. But the Meldwolves were doing it anyway. One of our heroes shouted, Border Patrol to me! A girl's voice, gruff and familiar. Border Patrol, I thought. The camp didn't have a Border Patrol. It's Clarice, Annabeth said, Come on, we have to help her. Normally, rushing to Clarice's aid would not have been high on my to-do list. She was one of my biggest bullies at camp. The first time we met, she tried to introduce my head to a toilet. She was also the daughter of Ares, and I had a very serious disagreement with her father last summer. So now the god of war and all of his children basically hated my guts. So she was in trouble. Her fellow warriors were scattering, running in panic as the bulls charged. The grass was burning in huge watches around the pine tree. One hero screamed and waved his arms as he ran in circles. The horse hair of his helmet blazing like a fiery mohawk. Clary's own armor was charred. She was fighting with a broken spear shaft, and the other end embedded uselessly in the male joint of the bull's shoulder. I uncapped my ballpoint pen. It shimmered, growing longer and heavier until I held my bronze sword and I looked smalls in my hand. Tyson, stay here. I don't want you taking any more chances. No, Annabeth said. We need him. I stared at her. He's mortal. He got lucky with the dodgeballs, but he can proceed. Do you know what those are up there? The callless bulls made by Vitasis himself. We can't find them without media sunscreen SVF 50,000. We'll get burned to a crisp. Media's what? Ambit rummaged through her backpack and curse. I had a jar of tropical coconut scent sitting in my nightstand at home. Why didn't I bring it? I learned a long time ago not to question Annabeth too much. 
It just made me more confused. Look, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm not going to do let Tyson get fried. Percy, Tyson, say that. I raised my sword. I'm going in. Tyson tried to protest, but I was already running up to the hill towards Clarice, who was yelling at her patrol, trying to get them into phalanx formation. It was a good idea. The few who were listening lined up shoulder to shoulder, locking their shields to fort an ox hide and bronze wall, their spears bristling over the top like porcupine quills. Unfortunately, Clarice could only muster six campers. The other four were still running around with their helmets on fire. Annabeth ran toward him, trying to help. She taunted one of the wolves into chasing her, then turned invisible, completely confusing that monster. The other bull charged Clarice's line. I was halfway up the hill, not close enough to help. Clarice hadn't even seen me yet. The bull moved deadly fast for something so big. Its middle height gleamed in the sun, eyes and horns of polished silver. Silver. When it opened its hanging mouth, a column of white hot flame blasted out. Hold down the line, Clarice ordered her, ordered her warriors. Whatever else he could say about Clarice, she was brave. She was a big girl with cruel cruel eyes like her father. She looked like she was born to wear Greek battle armor, but I didn't see how even she could stand against that bull's charge. Unfortunately, at the moment, the other bull lost interest in finding Annabeth. It turned, wheeling around behind Clarice on her unprotected side. Behind you, I yelled, look out! I shouldn't have said anything because all I did was startle her. Bull number one crashed into her shield and the flanks broke. Clarice went flying backward and landed in a smoldering patch of grass. The bull charged past her, but not before blasting the other heroes with furious breath. Their shields melted right off their arms. They dropped their weapons and ran as bull number two closed into Clarice for the kill. I longed forward and grabbed Clarice by the straps of her armor. I dragged her out of the way just as bull number two fade turned past. It gave a good swipe with riptide and I gave a good swipe with riptide and cut a huge gas in its flank. But the monster just creaked and groomed and kept on going. It hadn't touched me, but I could feel the heat of its metal skin. Its body temperature could have microwaved a frozen burrito. Let me go! Clarice pummeled my hand. Percy, curse you! I dropped her in a heap next to the pine tree and turned to face the bulls. We were on the inside slope of the hill, now the valley of Camp Hapla directly below us. The cabins, the training facilities, the big house, all of it is at risk. If these fools got past us, Abbott shouted orders to their heroes, telling them to spread out and keep the bulls distracted. Bull number one ran a wide arc, making its way back toward me. As it passed the middle of the hill, where the invisible boundary line should keep it out, it slowed down a little, but as if it were struggling against a strong wind. But then it broke through and kept coming. Bull number two turned to face me. Fire spurting out from the grass I cut in its side. I couldn't tell if it felt any pain, but its ruby eyes seemed to glare at me like I just made things personal. 
I couldn't fight both bulls at the same time. I have to take down bull number two first, cut his head off before bull number one charged back into range. My arms felt already tired. I realized how long it had been since I'd worked out with Riptide, how out of practice I was. I longed, but bull number two blew flames at me. I rolled aside as if the air turned to pure heat. All the oxygen was sucked out of my lungs. My foot caught on something, a tree root maybe, and pain shot up my ankle. So I matched a slash with my sword and lopped up the part of the monster's snout. It galloped away wild and disoriented. Before I could feel too good about that, I tried to stand. And my left leg buckled underneath me. My ankle was sprained, maybe broken. Bull number one charged straight toward me. No way I could crawl out of its pants. And a bit shouting, Tyson, help him! We're somewhere near, toward the crest of the hill, Tyson well Ken, get Drew! I, Annabeth Chase, give you permission to enter camp. Thunder shook the hillside. Suddenly, Tyson was there, bowing toward me, yelling, First he needs help! Before I could tell him no, he dove between me and the bull, just as it unleashed a nuclear firestorm. Tyson, I yelled. The blast swirled around him like a red tornado. I could only see the black silhouette of his body. I knew with horror. I knew with horrible certainty that my friend had just been turned into a column of ashes. But when the fire died, Tyson was still standing there, completely unharmed. Not even scrungy clothes was scorched. The bull must have been as surprised as I was, because before he could unleash a second blast, Tyson bailed his fist and slammed them into the bull's face. Bam! Cow! His fist made a crater where the bronze bull's snout used to be. Two small columns of flame shot out of his ears. Tyson hit again, and the bronze crumpled under his hands like aluminum foil. The bull's face now looked like a sock puppet, pulled inside out. Down! Tyson yelled. The bull staggered and fell on his back. Its legs moved feebly in the hair. Seemed coming out of its ruined head in odd places. Ambit ran over to check me. My ankle felt like it was filled with acid, but she gave me some Olympian nectar to drink from her canteen, and I immediately started to feel better. There was a burning smell that I later learned was me. There my arms had been completely zinged off. Dutterbull, I asked. Ambit pointed down the hill. Clarice had taken care of bad cow number two. She had impaled it. Though the back leg with a through the back leg with a celestial bronze spear. Now with its snout half gone, a huge gas in its side, I was trying to run in slow motion, going in circles like some kind of merry go around animal. Clarice pulled off her helmet and marched towards us. A strand of her stringy brown hair was smoldering. But she didn't seem to notice. You ruined everything, she yelled at me. I had it under control. I was too stunned to answer. And Beth rumbled. Good to see you too, Clarice. Ah, Clarice screamed. Do not ever, ever try saving me again. Clarice, Annabeth said, you've got wounded campers. That sobered her up. Even Clarice cared about the soldiers under her command. I'll be back she growled and trudged off to assess the damage i started can tyson you didn't die 
Kaiser looked down like he was embarrassed. I'm sorry, can't help disobeyed you. My fault, I had no choice. I had to let Titan cross the boundary line to save you, otherwise you would have died. Let him cross the boundary line, but Percy, have you ever looked at Titan closely? I mean, in the face. I ignore the mist and really look at him. The mist make humans see only what their brain supersets. I knew it could fool them because too, but I looked at Titan in the face. It wasn't easy. I'd always like trouble looking at directly at him, though I never quite understood why. I thought it was just because he always had peanut butter in his crooked teeth, but I forced myself to focus on his lumpy nose, then a little higher at his eyes. No, not eyes! Not one eye! One large, calf brown eye! Right in the middle of his forehead, with thick lashes and big tears trickling down his cheeks on either side! Tyson! I stammered, you're a... Ah, Cyclops, Ambit offered a baby by the looks of him. Probably why he couldn't get past the boundary line as easily as the bulls. Tyson, one of the homeless orphans. One of the what? They're in almost all the big cities, Ambit said distastefully. They're mistakes, Percy. Children of nature spirits and gods. Well, one god in particular, usually. And they don't always come out right. No one wants them. They get tossed aside. They grow up wild on the streets. I don't know how this one found you, but he obviously likes you. We should take him to Kyra and let him decide what to do. But the fire, how? He's a cyclops! Ambit paused, as if she were remembering something as pleasant. They work for the forges of the gods. They have to be immune to fire. That's what I was trying to tell you. I was completely shocked. How I never realized what Tyson was. But I didn't have time to think about it. This then, the whole side of the hill was burning. Wounded heroes needed attention. And there were still two bandaged up bronze bowls to dispose of. Which I didn't figure would fit in our normal recycling bins. Clarice came back over and whipped out the suit of her foreign. Jackson, if you... Can't stand, get up. We need to carry the wounded back to the big house. Let Tantalus know what happened. Tantalus, I asked. The activities director, Clarice said impatiently. Kyron is the activities director. And where's Argus? He's head of security. You should be here. Clarice made a sour face. Argus got fired. You two have been gone too long. Things are changing. But Chiron, he's trained kids to fight monsters for over 3,000 years. He just can be gone. What happened? That happened. Clarice snapped. She pointed to Charlie's tree. Every camper knew the sword behind the tree. Six years ago, Grover and Annabeth and two other demigods named Talia and Luke came to Camp Haplin, changed by an army of monsters. When they got cornered on top of this hill, Talia, a daughter of Zeus, had made her last stand here to give her friends time to reach safety. As she was dying, her father Zeus took pity on her and changed her into a pine tree. Her spirit had reinforced the magic borders of the camp, protecting it from monsters. The pine had been here ever since, strong and healthy. But now its needles were yellow. A huge pile of dead ones littered the base of the tree. In the center of the trunk, three feet from the ground, was a puncture marked the size of a bullet hole, oozing green sap. 
Silver eyes ran through my chest. Now I understood why the camp was in danger. The magic borders were failing because Talia's tree was dying. Someone had poisoned it.